Who am I this week? I am. I mess with Yoma. and if you or your family member has it, you are entitled to a what is it? Structure settlement? Yes. Get go get that money, bitch. Get that cash. Make it ring. And Make I happen, <laughs> I happen to be a um, firm that deals with structured settlements. So, if you yeah. want to give me some of your money, money I'll take yeah. it. Crack that ass cheek open. Make the pussy make a smile. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, yes. It's done so much fun. How you been? I've been tired, dude. Same. So much is going on. I did just download um, the new Pokemon DLC, Crowd Tundra. I didn't know that was I'm a excited. thing. Yeah, the whole, what? The new game or? Yeah. Well, Sword and, Sword and Shield has been out for a minute, but they just released their second DLC for it called uh, Crown Tundra, and it's like epic as fuck. It's really? So far, yeah. Because, like, in this region of Pokemon, what, what's, the last, what's the last game you played? This is getting the deep dive of some nerd shit. <laughs> what's the last game you played? I think the last game I played was Pokemon Go. Okay, yeah, so you're not that far behind. So in this one, is like a whole new region, the Galar region, and they have like what they call variants. So like, you'll see Pokemon from earlier generations, they look completely different in this region, or have like completely different types. Uh-huh. So like, for example, like Mr. Mime in this region is like an ice type, and he's like a frozen like icicle snowman. Uh-huh. It's, it's, a bunch of, it's a bunch of shit like that, and it's really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's cute. Uh-huh. And I just uh, moved all my Pokemon that I have from the Aloha region over, which is like the Hawaii type game. And okay. uh, my little right shoe is like a has like surfboard on his tail. It's cute. Oh, I yeah, I haven't played Pokemon in a minute, bro. I yeah. no Pokemon is life. Anything, anyways. What's been going on with me? I've been getting ready to close on a new house and get my current house up to be a rental property, which I have tenants already. We close I'm soon. At right now. If you live closer, I would definitely rent this house out to you. You would like it. Oh, I'm look. I'm starting a group home for veterans. Oh. And I'm looking at properties. Nice. That's really yeah. dope, dude. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good for the community. It will be good. That's really great for the community. But welcome to Bros and Murder. As I said, I'm Mesothemioma. This is Battle. Mm-hmm. We give you true crime cases of color. We give you music. We give you commentary. And this is our Halloween episode. I should have put my costume on, but it's 11 a.m. I just got in class. And a motherfucker's tired. <laughs> I don't have a costume. Everything's packed up in blocks. My uh, costume this year is uh, E-Boy Bob Ross. Oh. Yeah. So What's E-Boy Bob Ross? So, you know what an E-Girl is? Yeah. Yeah, so it's the Bob Ross costume, 
but I have a spike choker. I have a bunch of face tattoos that I put on. Part of the afro he has is like I made myself bangs, so like it covers part of my eye. <laughs> Ooh, will you still rock that goatee? Why do you keep bringing attention to my goatee? <laughs> <laughs> put that one on Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. The eyebrows. But yeah, this is our Halloween episode, and uh, I figured we'd cover slash revisit a case that I did forever ago, probably like a year ago, honestly, before Bowdy even came on board. Yeah, I wasn't around. I just yeah. think it's and crazy. I didn't, I didn't do that deep of a dive into it. I kind of just like briefly covered it, but I figured, you know, we can come back to it because it actually is a pretty freaky, yes. <laughs> fucked up case. It reminds me of like Candyman, honestly. Mm-hmm. Except because like the candy he was after was not anything. No, good. yeah, no, no, no. It was darker than somehow darker than Candyman. <laughs> yeah, because like I got the same like reading over the case and learning about it. I got the same feeling I got watching Candyman, where it's just mm-hmm. like, oh shit, they in the hood now too, <laughs> right? I just... Now I'm in. The, I live in the hood. <laughs> That's me. I am excited for this episode, I think, because it's a hol- I, I think this is a good Halloween special one where we're doing, and serial killer case. Serial killer? Yeah? You call it a serial killer. Yeah, no, I definitely think this one's a serial killer. It's ac- it, I- Go ahead. It's actually quite frightening. Oh, it's fucking terrifying, bitch. What? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't, I didn't understand what was going, when you talked about it over the phone, I was just like, oh yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I was like, I I didn't understand or where it was going. And then, oh my gosh. Yeah. My sweet summer child. (laughs) Let me, let me. She wasn't ready. (laughs) Right. Let, Let me set the mood and tone for everyone. So the year was 1972 and the following place damn the following events took place in new york <laughs> i'm great. not gonna edit that out just keep rolling with good it. yeah that's right what's hard though is you have to keep in mind that during this time new york was in meaning that according to all that's interesting.com from the years 1969 to 1974 new york lost over 500,000 manufacturing jobs and you're like oh who needs manufacturing jobs, right? No, a lot of people need manufacturing yeah. jobs because a lot of people did manufacturing back in the day. There are a handful of people that still do it now, but there's not too many, too much manufacturing now. But yeah, it may sound like, okay, yeah, people lost jobs. Why did this cause a huge ruckus? And it caused a huge ruckus because there was a huge spike in welfare and people losing their houses. So it just started to turn into a shit show for people that lived in New York. It's a real truck of done effect, you know? Yeah. Shit flows downhill. Mm-hmm. Which I understand why that is called that now. I'll talk about it in another episode. But oh. not only during this time, like with people losing their jobs and homes and stuff, people started to turn to crime. Rapes, burglaries, car thefts, fel- felony assaults, and murder. Everything. It was at an all time. It was like a record high during this time in New York. So you could imagine what was going through. And this, going this time period people. was also like the heyday of just serial killers running amok 
all over right? the country. You can just kill people and just be like, huh. Yeah, like the 60s, 70s, people were just going around just slashing motherfuckers. Right? It's just wild. So people started moving away from, like, New York and moving more upstate to get the F out of there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. F as fuck, by the way. Um, so... Today, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, or not the previous episode, or the episode where Andre covered it, we're going to talk about the brutal murders of some young children. By uh, Charlie Chopoff. By Charlie Chopoff. Or some other, because I read a whole, I read like a short book that was out about it. Uh, People also called him the Manhattan murderer, but I feel like Charlie Chopoff really just chilled me to the bone when i saw that name i found out what he did yeah so it'll maybe make sense later why kids would call him charlie chopoff the kids kids were the ones that came up with the name charlie chopoff yeah. so the dates of these murders took place between 1972 and 1974 and let's just say that these murders were horrendous just to repeat because they were i'm going to be redundant and we're going to do a little, do something a little different, and I think Andre, I just want you to go through and talk about the killings because it was, it was a little difficult to say to figure out who Charlie Chopoff really was. Okay, the face you just made was very <laughs> no, I liked it. It was menacing. So I'll just start off with giving a kind of a brief, brief synopsis of the events a little bit. So like you said, during the 1970s, young boys with dark skin were being attacked in different areas across Manhattan. And it appeared to be some type of fetish torture crime because when their bodies were found, their penises were mutilated and also removed in some places and carried away. Mm-hmm. So that the first murder happened, well, the first murder on record, because honestly, because the more I kept reading about, the more I kept thinking you don't know exactly when he started or stopped because i feel like there's always a lead up so for all we know there could have been more people than the ones that they were able to say was done by charlie chopoff right so now on march 9th 1972 eight-year-old douglas owens was found dead and stabbed 38 times and most of his wounds were found around his neck and chest so really like a hateful and violent murder of an eight-year-old why like, I feel like i don't understand that too when i was like reading about some of the murders it was just overkill yeah extremely violent especially for a child like 38 a stab, first of all a stabbing is personal yeah that's a real personal you gotta get up close like you that's a real personal attack in 38 times and then after the stabbings his penis was also cut but not severed completely off his body and he was found on a rooftop two blocks from where he lived at in Harlem. Now, a couple like some time goes by, and then on April 20th, another black youth was repeatedly stabbed. He was a 10-year-old, according to all reports, but some I thought about sources he was like seven, but most of the ones I found said that he was 10. He was found still alive in a hallway on the west side apartment building. So I'm not gonna his name was put out there in one article, but I'm not gonna say his name. Oh, they put his name out there? One and one article around someone oh. said his name, but I was like, "That's he's the kid." Yeah, dude, that's well, wild. Why would they do? You should that? protect his identity. Yeah, and he was found still alive in the hallway in a West Side apartment building, yet he was badly injured. 
He had been stabbed and sodomized, and his attacker had removed and carried away the boy's penis. So while he was still alive, he got his penis cut off and taken away. <sighs> but he, miraculously, he survived. And when he recovered, he was able to offer a partial description of the man who had like attacked him. He said that he had he, was, he had medium dark skin, a slender built adult, and a mole on his left cheek. And he seemed to walk with a limp. He had called himself Michael, luring the boy to the building with a promise of 50 cents. The police artist did make a sketch of the features, although the portrait was somewhat vague, which I throw up to you're having a kid who is just like traumatically assaulted, trying to describe what this person looked like to you. Like, that's going to be kind of hard. Yeah, you know? it's difficult. Kids have wild imaginations, but like more so after when trauma's involved. Exactly. Yeah. So now due to the boys, and that, like I said, that was all due to the boys trauma. Now his right. penis was actually later found by a patrolling officer who came across a couple boys playing with it in the park. Mm-hmm. They were kicking it around, not really knowing what it was until they knew what it was and alerted a cop to what it was. Oh, it's so uncomfortable, dude. Yeah. So now at this time, the police did not treat these cases as related, although they did not altogether discount the possibility of them being connected. Both boys had been slashed with some kind of knife. Both had been on errands and were lured away or taken like to another area to be assaulted. Both had their sneakers removed and both had been attacked on rainy days. So they're all same circumstances with each boy. So they at the time they didn't say like oh these are exactly the same but also right. that's not completely off the table. I think it's now, wild that the what were consistent in the murders was that what he would do to the kids as far as like rape then murder and then it, it was like, sever he, their it seemed like he but had also a took off their shoes too and I'm assuming that was because so they it would be harder for them to run. I don't well, know. I don't know. But he was very consistent with what he did, like with luring them away, targeting black boys, mm-hmm. doing the stabbings, then the sexual assault, then the like. He had like a checkoff list, basically. Yeah, I think there's one Puerto Rican. Yeah, they're mostly brown and black children. Yeah. So Charlie Chopoff obviously wasn't done with these first two cases. Around 5:30 in the afternoon of October 23rd, Mary Hubbard reported that her nine-year-old son Wendell was missing and said that she had looked at the window like he was outside playing in a tree she went away came back and he was gone she had called out to tell him to come inside upstairs to come eat and he never came up and some time passed and then she realized that like something's wrong because he would never not like he would never disobey me he if i say come inside he wouldn't just not come inside so she went to the police a search while looking for this kid because they were aware that someone's out there killing kids so now around 9 30 9 45 p.m three boys are playing on a rooftop on fifth avenue building came across a motionless body of a boy they were certain he was dead and they ran downstairs and started to flag, to flag down police uh and when police got there to the body they were fairly certain that this was well this was nine-year-old wendell and then his mother confirmed that this was Wendell. And he was stabbed to death on a rooftop, and his penis had also been severed from his body. 
Now some more time goes by. In March 7th, a nine-year-old Puerto Rican child named Luis Ortiz was stabbed also 38 times and was likewise mutilated like the other boys. That's he was so dumped wild. in a basement stairwell at a building on a uh, 200 West Street. His mother had sent around, his mother like sent him around a corner like that evening to the grocery store, just mm-hmm. like to run like but like, every other kid, they were out there like doing something, like, running errands. And uh, the grocery store recalled seeing him like go to purchase the food that came in there. Uh, he was short on change, and he said that he was going to run back home and go get the change. And I obviously never made it back home. And then the last killing that we know of was on August 17th, 1973. Now, on the sixth floor of a tenement home, a woman discovered a body of a black boy, and she immediately alerted police. They arrived to the scene to investigate and found that the boy was... They didn't find any like actual evidence of a sexual assault, but the way his body was positioned seemed suggestive of that. His shirt had been yanked over his shoulders and his pants were pulled slightly under his waist. And it would they, when they examined the body, they revealed that there was a bunch of slash marks of a knife on his back and his arms, but like not like a knife, like a razor, like small lacerations, but cut deep enough to where as though he bled out due to those lacerations around his arm. That's so scary. Yeah, and they and they said that most likely happened that when he was getting cut around the arm, he must have hit like one of those big arteries, and that's how he bled out. The police removed the body, took photo- took photos, and sent them off to autopsy. They walked around the neighborhood for about four hours, showing the boy's picture to everyone they encountered to try to locate his parents. And then Catherine and Will Cooper, you know, got stopped by them, and they identified that that was their son. But yeah, those are the the murders that we all know about, and they're all pretty fucking horrific. And it's. I think what's scary too is that trying to identify the killer because there are some leads. However, there was nothing ever truly concrete. Maybe, maybe not. It was just weird. So after pretty much the crimes were committed, naturally the community went into an unrest. Like they were looking. They wanted to know. They were sending out flyers. Killing our kids. Yeah. yeah. They wanted to find the killer. Exactly. They were doing everything that they can. And they did so much to be involved. They even went to like the local police department to figure out like, okay, are you guys doing anything? What's going to happen? And according to some things that I've read, they said that the killer may be, may be between 5'7 and 5'9". He was darker build, like you said. Not black, but height. Hispanic. Say again? He's actor height. Oh, that's, I wish that was me, but no. <laughs> uh, dang it. So, they knew kind of a profile of what they were looking for, but it was difficult to find. They were difficult to find during that time. So, according yeah. to Medium.com, a suspect with the name of L, like the letter L, Gonzalez was arrested. A man was arrested. And people said that he was loitering around in the areas where the abductions happened and during the abduction. So they're like, oh yeah, that's that person. We know it has to be him because he was there. So after some time in police custody, they did the interrogations and everything like that, but they didn't find that it was him. They, they just said that it, it wasn't him. He 
walked a certain way, however, it what happened did it wasn't consistent with how the boys were killed. Like it, it, it just didn't match up. So yeah, he was going to like the crowd knew about it outside of the police department because there was a crowd there, and that crowd was mad because they knew that he was going to get released. And let's just say they wanted to burn that building down because it was some kind of like, like a movie. Yeah, like- <laughs> they wanted they wanted someone, and they wanted someone now. So get this, Gonzalez, he was actually, he actually made it out of the building. However, they had to dress him up as like a police officer. And apparently the the uniform they put him in was like straight garbage. And they had another police officer dressed in civilian clothes, but his face was covered. And they escorted that person out, the police officer out and got Gonzalez through a back door. So... I'm assuming that person had to go into like some type of like witness protection program or something because people were angry. Yeah, yeah. and there was actually another man named Daniel Olivo that was arrested weeks later, and apparently he was caught molesting a five-year-old boy at a park. He did the same thing. He lured him away and was molesting him. He didn't. He didn't murder the kid. The kid survived, which is great, but. They eventually let him go because he parts of what he did to the kid didn't fit what was again happening to the other kids. I, I think he was charged with something else, but not with the murder of the other children. So that's where we are. But if we move forward to May, May of 1974, a person named Erno Soto was said to maybe be the killer. I don't know if you read about that. I didn't read about it. Yeah, Erno Soto, he was a person that was a little bit taller, like 6'1", I believe. Okay. That was... That... (laughs) It's crazy. That was alleged to be the murderer. His wife, however, said that he couldn't be the killer because... Everyone is saying that the killer is 5'7", but he's 6'1". But it doesn't change the fact that Soto was caught. He was caught abducting another child. And when he was arrested, during custody, according to Murderpedia, he confessed to the murder of Stephen Cropper, which was one of the kids that were murdered. Yeah. And again... Stephen Cropper was murdered in the same manner as the other murders that happened, the other children that died. So it was just the same gruesome fate that this that Stephen had to go through. And like the way they were murdered was really specific. Yeah, it was very specific. However, the thing that happened was another thing that his wife tried to argue was that he was locked up in a mental institution mental institution because he had declining mental capacity he just started going crazy and it was wild because when he was brought in the child that survived the actual crime that he went through that 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 abuse that near-death experience that almost murder he did not explicitly point soto out in a in a lineup he did say that it looked like him but he didn't 
say that is him. And I, I think, I don't know how I would react in that situation. I may have tried to forget it all. I may have like, you know, your mind trying to like protect itself. I don't know how I'd be in that situation. But unfortunately for a lot of people, especially the family of the kids, Soto was deemed mentally unstable to actually stand trial. So he was never found guilty. Not even of like the one crime that he did commit with the they, other They one? just, they said he couldn't, they put him in an institution. They end up locking him back up in, in an institution, a mental ins- institution, because he wasn't mentally capable. He was very, towards the end of his relationship with his wife, he, he just started going crazy, like psychosis. It was bad. It was very bad um, for him. But... I don't know. It was just really weird. And so naturally, because there wasn't a lot of information about this case, people go look it up. There's not a lot. I go to Reddit and stay the fuck away from Reddit for this one because people are fucking assholes about this case. Like, there are some fucked up individuals on Reddit and they should be banned, but whatever. It's... It's it's just crazy because that's all we have yeah it's a real open-ended kind of case and it's like a a terrifying one because he could still be out there yeah assuming that the soto person even though he said that he did do it is locked up or in a mental mental institution because they're having people who did like confess the crimes they didn't commit yeah for clout for clout or just like being Fuck mentally it. unstable yeah it's really weird too i just don't know this one definitely a cold case everyone knows how i feel about cold cases they freak me out this one just freaks me out because like it's just i don't know it's just seeing a bunch of like knowing that he was just targeting a bunch of black and brown children really just horrifies me again like being a kid too i know i was so I was, I was trustworthy a nice as a kid, kid. yeah, yeah. Like I was, a, I was just a nice kid, like to a fault. Like my mom would always like try to beat in stranger danger to me, and I just wouldn't no, yeah. comprehend. Like, I would just walk to people and say hi and hug them as a kid. And her mom would be like, "No, yeah, <laughs> they could be a kidnapper." I was a very friendly kid too. So I'm just thinking like, ah, oh, God, he could have, he could have just snapped. I would have been an easy bait, right? I've been lost that age, and I got dimples too. I was a cute kid, man. I don't know what happened. <laughs> these last couple years <laughs> age you know we're talking about it earlier you get older finally hit 30 31 you actually start crack-a-lacking. bro my back has been hurting but i've been doing a lot of work around the house but yeah my skin is need hydration <laughs> i have dark circles on my eyes so many imperfections i need to fix but yeah that's charlie chop off charlie <laughs> chop off I hope you feel just as creeped out as I do. <laughs> I hope it doesn't haunt you in your dreams or in real life, because that'd be really scary. Yeah, and I hope you have a happy and safe Halloween. Get real spooky with it. I'll be moving into a house. I'll be drinking in my room. Actually, I've been <laughs> craving really sweet stuff. So yesterday I went out and bought a bottle of Malibu. And vodka, because I thought you like would mix Malibu and vodka, and I read the back of the bottle when I got home. I was like, oh. Already mixed. Yeah, I didn't know that. So I yeah. ended up putting Malibu and vodka. And I can't do clear liquor anymore. I black out and 
It's I, no. I mixed it with pineapple juice, so it wasn't clear. Okay. Pineapple pulp, which is a thicker. I've been I've been rolling a wine way recently. Wine is so delicious. I just don't like getting drunk off wine because, yo, she get lusty, bro. Yes. You get pregnant. <laughs> We're already pregnant. You get, you get ah, double pregnant. <laughs> double pregnant. No, and it gives me a headache if I get sh- 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 wasted. I've been drinking, uh, it's called 13 Crimes, the brand, mm-hmm. and uh, Snoop Dogg has his own wine, and that shit bumps. Snoop Dogg has only 13 Crimes? Or just, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. He has his own uh, bottle of wine there with them and their company. It's really good. Like, really good. It's a red Merlot. Really fucking good. I'm a cab my myself. It's either really sweet or really, really I dry. Can't do I have to be like, I, I, I like a good like dry sweet. Cabernet is like my favorite because it's like so, it's like drinking coffee sometimes. I don't know. I think of coffee when I drink Cabernet. It's weird. Anyway, but that's the show. So <laughs> you can like check out the links below to see like the social medias. If you want to donate to us, merch, all that jazz. Um, I don't have anything else to plug battle my butt i hope you guys have a nice one yeah have a nice butt (laughs) goodbye (laughs) see ya
off. I got big dog status. I'm a big 